Amen. John chapter number 15. Amen. And in this uh, chapter, Jesus is going to explain to his disciples uh, how they're to be different, how they're to be uh, dependent upon uh, Jesus himself for their spiritual nourishment and to uh, produce the spiritual fruit, amen, that he wants them to produce. And so as we come to this chapter, uh, chapter number 15, we're going to pick up at verse number 1, and we're going to read down through verse number 8 this morning. John chapter 15, verse number 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me... And I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Somebody say, much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Let's bow our heads and pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, one more time as we come to you, God, in prayer, God, we ask you, Lord God, to help us this morning. God, deliver the message that you've laid upon our heart to deliver. God, and we ask you, Lord God, that the hearer, God, would be able to receive it today. God, we come against any uh, any attack of the enemy that would try to hinder, God, your word from going forth. And we know when it goes forth, God, that it will not return back void, but it will accomplish what you've sent it out to do today. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. Well, having finished uh, the Last Supper, Jesus Christ and his disciples uh, being probably there in an upper room somewhere in Jerusalem, uh, having partaken in the Last Supper, if you remember uh, toward the end there, Jesus looks over at Judas and says, you know, go do what uh, you've got to do, and uh, Judas gets up and leaves. We know what's going to take place. Uh, Judas is going to betray Jesus there in the garden, but as they leave uh, the upper room and they start to make their way toward uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus will go to pray uh, and to seek the Father, amen, before his arrest and his trial and his crucifixion and all those things. You can imagine as they're passing either, amen, out of the city there or as they're coming into uh, the area of the Garden of Gethsemane, perhaps, amen, they saw a vine there that was growing somewhere on the hillside or somewhere in the area, amen, where they were walking, man, perhaps, uh, amen, Jesus began to point out to it and says, amen, these words that we start, amen, this uh, chapter with, I am the true vine, amen, there's a vine, amen, but I am the true vine. And in fact, amen, Jesus, amen, is the great I am, amen, today. He is everything that we have need of in our lives. In fact, I think there are no less than seven I am statements that Jesus makes uh, in the book of John itself, amen. And I'm going to go through some of those this morning with you. He says in John 6 and 35, I am the bread of life. 
Amen. I am your food. Amen. Today. He says in John 18, John 8 and 12, I am the light of the world. Amen. In 10 and 7, he says, I'm the gate of the sheepfold. In 10 and 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. In 11 and 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Amen. Come on, somebody, this morning, help me preach. In 14 and 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. In 15 and 1, here we read it, he says, I am the true vine. Amen. What is the point this morning? The point this morning is this. Uh, amen. That Jesus Christ, uh, amen, the one that is seated, uh, amen, on the throne, amen, of heaven above is the one that has every bit, amen, of spiritual nourishment uh, and strength that we have need of, amen, in our lives this morning. He is everything to us. Amen. In biblical times, a vineyard, uh, amen, was not made up of many vines. Amen. As you would go to a vineyard, amen, you would see, amen, that vineyard was made up of one vine. <laughs> there was one vine that was planted in the ground. As that vine began to grow, whether it came out, amen, across a hillside or whatever the case may be, amen, that vine, amen, came, amen, from one point in the ground. Amen. I'm here to tell us our, our source of strength does not come from many places this morning. Our source of strength and help, uh, our source of salvation, uh, amen, our source of spiritual things in our life comes from one thing, one person, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning. Amen. On our own, we can do nothing. That's humbling. <laughs> come on. Because a lot of times we think we're pretty good stuff, right? I mean, we can, amen, we can do some things on our own. But, uh, amen, Jesus is telling his disciples here, without me, you can do nothing. Not one thing. Amen. There is nothing that you can do to produce spiritual fruit in your life apart from being connected to the vine. Amen. And that's what we're going to talk about, amen, this morning. Amen. He says, Jesus says, I am the vine. He says, my father is the husbandman. Amen. That word is a little strange in our, in our English. Amen. Today, basically, he's saying that he's the vine dresser. He's the farmer. The Heavenly Father is the one, amen, that, that oversees everything that is being done. It's the Heavenly Father who planted, uh, amen, Jesus Christ, amen, when He sent Him in the form of human flesh to die on a cross and shed His blood, amen, for redemption of our sins, uh, amen. The Heavenly Father planted the vine, uh, amen, in the ground, amen, for us to be connected to. He's the husbandman, amen. Israel in the Old Testament was supposed to be the representative of God's righteousness on this earth. They were supposed to be the ones that pointed people to the righteousness and the holiness and the majesty of God Almighty. But the problem was Israel couldn't fulfill their obligation. Amen. They failed in many ways. How many times, how many can I say we failed in many ways this morning? Amen. God, we can't point fingers at Israel. Amen. Today, but they couldn't do it. Uh, and God knew all along it wasn't his intention. Uh, amen. For a permanent solution to be Israel as the vine. I think in Isaiah you can read it. There's other places in the Old Testament where Israel is described as the vine. When Jesus says, I am the true vine, uh, he's saying, amen, I don't need those things uh, any longer. You don't need those things any longer. We don't have to put our trust uh, in man or in some man-made, uh, amen, scheme, amen. We need to put our trust and our faith and our complete dependence, uh, amen, upon Jesus Christ and who he is. So God replaced Israel with Christ as the true vine. 
And the Father oversees his vineyard. I'm just happy, amen, to know this morning that God oversees the vineyard. He just didn't plant us and put us, uh, amen, in the vine and just leave us alone. Amen. God's got a plan. He's got a purpose. Uh, He's got something, amen, that he wants to do in our lives. Amen. He just doesn't plant us somewhere, amen, and forget about us. Come on. Amen. He didn't just plant us anywhere, by the way. He's planted us in the true vine. He is placed us in the true vine we've been grafted in as gentiles uh, amen we had no part amen in those things in the old testament uh, amen unless you were became part amen of the nation of israel were circumcised and all those things uh, amen we're not amen we had no part uh, amen of what uh, god was doing there amen but now amen we've been grafted in as a wild olive branch uh, amen into the true vine and that fruit that we once produced uh, when we were out in the world of sin amen and darkness and those things uh, amen were being produced in our life, the works of the flesh that Paul talks about in Genesis chapter, I'm sorry, in Galatians chapter amen, number 5, amen, he says, uh, amen, there's all these works of the flesh going on, and I don't know about you, but I used to produce some of those. I'll be honest with you, I still produce some of those every once in a while too. <laughs> amen. What he says is this, he says, amen, I've grafted you in as a wild olive branch into the true vine of Jesus Christ so that you no longer, amen, produce the old fruit, amen, you no longer produce the works of the flesh, amen, but you start producing some new fruit. Has anybody ever grafted, amen, something into another vine or another tree that wasn't supposed to be connected to? You got one growing? I mean, you've heard of people doing it. I mean, it's like, a, I don't know, a, I don't know if this even works. I mean, I'm not a horticulturist or whatever that word is. But, I mean, you can take, I mean, let's say you got a pear tree. And you can take something else. You can take an apple branch or whatever it is. I don't know if this is even possible. I mean, but you can graft it in, amen, to the pear tree. That branch will not produce pears. That branch is going to produce apples. It's going to produce what it was intended to produce. Why? Amen. Because, amen, God, the way God formed it, made it, that's what it's going to do. But it's drawing its strength from the roots of that pear tree. You and I, we're in a world of sin and darkness. Amen. They were, they were, the devil had us, uh, amen, right where he wanted us. Amen. But God has grafted us uh, into the true vine of Jesus Christ. Uh, and now, amen, we're not going to produce the old fruit, amen, that we used to produce. Uh, amen. We're going to draw not only our strength, uh, not only the nourishment, uh, amen, from Jesus Christ, the true vine, uh, but he's going to transform the way that we think. Uh, he's going to transform the way that we act. Uh, he's going to transform the way. Uh, amen that we live uh, and we're no longer going to produce that old fruit we're going to produce some good fruit some spiritual fruit amen that Jesus wants to have in our lives amen Jesus is the true vine the father is the husbandman and we as believers in Jesus Christ are the branches and notice this amen as he says it here amen in verse number two I believe it is yeah the beginning of verse number two he says every branch in me say in me That's key. The branches are in Christ. And the only way to be in Christ is to be born again. Amen. To be changed. To be transformed. We're grafted in, amen, to that vine and we start producing that fruit that we talk about. Amen. But, amen, I want you to understand, before I go any further, amen, I'm going to emphasize this point. The branches, Jesus says, that he's talking about in these verses are in him. They are in Christ. But there are two types of branches that he describes. 
two types. Number one, there are fruitless branches, branches with no fruit, and there are fruitful branches, amen, branches that produce, amen, the fruit, amen, that God wants to have in our lives. And God as the husband and our heavenly father, as Jesus describes here, he deals differently with these two types of branches. Amen. Let's look at it. Amen. Together. Go back to, uh, amen, to, uh, to verse number two there. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, fruitless branches, he what? Taketh away. He taketh away. The branches were in Christ. He says, if we're not producing fruit, and this is hard, this is tough, this is, this is one of those that make you, I mean, Amen. Do some some uh, searching of your heart and your soul and your life. Amen. He's saying this. Amen. They were branches that were grafted into the vine. They are growing out of the vine. They're connected to the true vine of Jesus Christ, but they're not producing fruit. And I'm not talking about the fruit of the world and the fruit of the works of the flesh. I'm talking about the spiritual fruit that God wants us to produce. He said, every single branch that produces not fruit, he taketh away. I'm going to pause here just for a minute, and I'm going to teach for a second. Because you'll find many, amen, and, uh, that will teach, amen, as they get to this part of Scripture, this, this, this word, this phrase that we come to, taketh away, amen. They, they, uh, uh, in, the, in, the, in the Greek, amen, in the New Testament, they say, well, it can actually mean to raise up. So if you understand a vine, and we're really talking about a grapevine this morning, uh, if, the, if the vine and the branches are laying on the ground, they won't produce fruit. At least they won't produce anything that's useful. So what do you do? Anybody ever seen a grapevine or planted a grapevine? You've got to pick the thing up. You've got to get it on a trellis. You've got to get it on a, a something and get it off the ground. And once you do that, uh, amen, it will begin to produce fruit. and It will begin to, uh, to put on and, and, and do what it's supposed to do, amen, if it has the nourishment and all the other things that it needs. And so many would say in this part is, is, uh, is Jesus is not saying that he's going to take you out of the vine and that he's going to, amen, take you out of the kingdom of God or those kind of things. What it really means is uh, every branch that doesn't produce fruit, God lifts up. And I will agree with them. I believe sometimes, because I've been in that area of my life, amen, where I've needed God to lift me up, amen. I've been down on the ground, I've had my head down, amen, buried in the sand, uh, amen, depressed, amen, down, amen, not doing anything, uh, amen, that I'm supposed to do because of things that are going on in my life. Uh, and I needed God to come down and lift me up and raise me up, uh, amen, so that I could begin to produce that fruit again that He has in my life. The problem is, I don't think that's the end of the story, <laughs> Amen, because he tells us later, amen, in this chapter, amen, that uh, every single one of these branches, uh, amen, that he takes away, uh, it says, amen, they're going to be gathered together and they're going to wither and they're going to be cast into fire and burned. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, if that's not, amen, uh, uh, open up our eyes to see a picture, amen, of what eternity is going to be, amen, for those, uh, amen, that, uh, amen, are not, amen, they were once in Christ, amen, don't get me wrong, uh, amen, they were once connected to the vine, but somewhere, amen, they disconnected themselves, amen, from the true source uh, of life and strength in their life, uh, amen, and God says one day those are going to be cast away. They're going to be cast into a place of eternal fire. And I want to be honest with you this morning. There are only two destinations that you are heading to right now. There's one of two destinations you're heading to. You're either heaven, headed to heaven or you're headed to hell. 
There is no in-between. God bless our Catholic brothers and sisters, but there is no purgatory. Amen? There is no second chance on the other side of the grave. Amen? That's the honest word that I can give you this morning. You are either in Christ or you are not in Christ. Amen? And just because, amen, we were once in Christ doesn't mean we're in Him today. Amen? How do you know that, Brother Tony? Because I've heard and I've read and I've seen uh, all kind of people tell me, amen, that once you get saved, amen, that there's, there's nothing anybody can do, nothing, anything that anybody can do to take you out of Christ. Let me tell you something. Amen. The Bible says very plainly, he says in the book of Revelation, I, I, can't, I won't give you all the scriptures this morning, he says in the book of Revelation, he said if you take words out of his book, you were once in Christ, and you start taking words out of his book. He said, I'll take your name. I'll blot it out of the book of life. Too many people, I think, are sitting too comfortable in church pews this morning, on a Sunday morning, who just because when they were 6 years old, 7 years old, 12 years old, 20 years old, said the sinner's prayer and repeated it after the pastor, that they think it doesn't matter how I live, it doesn't matter what I do, it doesn't matter if there are works of the flesh being produced in my life, it doesn't matter if I'm producing spiritual fruit or not. I'm here to tell you very plainly this morning, if our lives are not producing spiritual fruit, Jesus says his Father is going to take it away. Amen. There comes a point, and it's not every time we sin, it's not, but there comes a point if we continually continually, continually, amen, are going in areas of sin in our lives and we're continually being conformed to the image of this world and not the things of Christ, uh, amen, eventually, nobody else does it, by the way, don't blame the devil. And don't blame your wife or your husband or your neighbor. The only person that takes you out of Jesus Christ and out of your relationship with him is you and me. How do you know that, Brother Tony? Because I've done it. I've been there. <laughs> I've been in those areas of my life, amen, where I was on fire for God. I was connected to the vine, amen. There was fruit being produced, amen. There were gifts of the Spirit moving and operating in my life. There were things, amen, happening. God was moving, amen. You will not convince me that I was not saved. But I turned away from God. I went my own way. I mean, I, I thought my way was better than God's way. I thought my way was better than Mom's way. I thought my way was better, amen, than Brother Porter's way. I thought my way was better, amen, than that old gospel preaching that I used to hear, amen. And so I went my own way out into this world. And the Bible says this, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death and destruction. And I know, I woke up one day, and I realized... Amen. I've told y'all a story before, and I won't go into it, amen, today, but I've told y'all before. I woke up one day, and I realized that the path that I was on, I was being dis I had already disconnected myself from the vine. I was no longer producing fruit. I was no longer connected to him, and I was on my way to a devil's hell. And I woke up and realized, and I said, Jesus, I said, if you'll forgive me, if you'll, if you'll just forgive me for what I've done, I don't deserve it, I can't earn it, amen, I can't do anything this morning, in that day, amen, when I was praying that prayer, I can't do anything but just fall on your mercy and fall on your grace, but God, if you'll save me, if you'll cleanse me and wash me, God, I'll live for you the rest of my life, amen, I'll give you the rest of my days, amen, I thank God that he did that, amen, today, he doesn't abandon us. Amen. We might leave him, but he never leave, leaves us. Amen. He's still like that. Amen. Father that's waiting for the prodigal son. Amen. To come back. Amen. To him. 
fruitless branches he takes away. Look at what he says about the rest of us. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it might bring forth more fruit. He purges it, so it might bring forth more fruit. What does that word purge mean? It really means to prune. You ever, you ever grown, you got to prune it, right? I mean, you got those dead leaves, you got those dead limbs, you got that dead stuff on there, you prune it away. Why do you prune it away? Come on, somebody, speak out. Tell me. It's sucking the life out of the rest of that plan, isn't it? Amen. It is literally sucking the life out, amen, of the plant. So what do you do? Amen. In fact, I think uh, I heard somebody talking the other day. Amen. Uh, they, actually, they actually call them suckers. And you trim those things off. You got to trim them suckers. Can I say that this morning in the house? I guess I just did. <laughs> when you trim those suckers... Amen. Off of there. Amen. They are, not, even though they're, they're there, they're taking resources, they're taking nourishment out of the vine. And so the branches that are there, that are capable of producing fruit, are not able to produce that fruit in the way that they should because of the suckers. <laughs> And once you get that out of the way and you prune those things out of the way, there is more nourishment, there is more life, there is more strength, uh, there is more power for you not only to produce fruit, but to produce more fruit. You see the point? I was saying that here, here's the thing, guys. If you don't produce fruit, Jesus said, my father's going to take you away. <laughs> okay? At some point. If you do produce fruit, congratulations. You get the wonderful opportunity to continue to be pruned by the Heavenly Father throughout your life. You know what that pruning is? We don't like this word sometimes. It's a theological word and we don't like to hear it. It's sanctification. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you, when I went down and knelt at an old-fashioned altar, when I, you know, turned away from God and I knelt beside my bed in Bayonet, Alabama, amen, so many years ago and gave my, recommitted my life back to Jesus Christ, uh, amen, there was a sanctification that took place immediately. But I'm going to tell you what, when I got up off that altar, I was far from perfect. Anybody got an amen for that one? <laughs> amen, not for me, for you, I was talking about, amen. Come on. I was far from perfect. I still have some stuff, amen, brother, that, that needed to be trimmed every once in a while. It needs to be pruned every once in a while. That God needs to get out of the way every once in a while because, uh, amen, well, if I find myself in the condition, uh, amen, with that, you're looking at that bush, uh, are you looking at that vine, are you looking at that flower, whatever the case is, amen, the flowers just aren't as pretty as they used to be. They don't quite get as big and as... Amen. And, and, and bloom out the way that they once did. But once you start pruning that thing back, uh, amen, giving it the water that it needs uh, and the nourishment that it needs, amen, the next time, amen, the blooms just seem to be a little bit brighter, uh, a little bit more colorful, amen. The flowers seem to be, amen, a little bit larger and a little bit bigger, amen. The same thing is true in our lives, amen. If we'll stay connected to the vine this morning, amen, and let God prune our lives when it needs to be pruned, uh, amen, we'll not only begin, begin to produce some fruit, uh, but we'll begin, begin to produce more fruit and more fruit in our lives. Amen. The pruning is difficult. The pruning is painful. Anybody know? Amen. Pruning is painful. 
but it's also beneficial. Hey man, if God doesn't prune our lives every once in a while, amen, we'll find ourselves in the case of, of some of those in the previous section we talked about there, amen, that begin to, amen, lose the ability <clears throat> to produce the fruit they need to produce. So what are the keys, number two, what are the keys to spiritual growth? Amen. What are the keys to spiritual growth? And I believe one of the keys, amen, this morning we're going to focus on in this message and remainder of it, amen, is this, amen, the, the key to spiritual growth or a key to spiritual growth is abiding in Christ, abiding in Christ. So what does abide mean? You all know that word, right? Remember that's, he abides, he abides, hallelujah, he abides in, and nobody remembers that one. We need to get our hymnals back out. I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk the narrow way for the comforter abides in me. Amen. I hope you can say that this morning. Amen. That the comforter, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is abiding in you. What does that mean? When we say he abides, we sing it, he abides. Well, what are we saying? I don't know, brother. Tony just says he abides and we sing it. Huh? It means to live, to dwell. Amen. To stay. Amen. To be there. To take up residence in. Uh, amen. He says uh, this. Uh, Jesus says, uh, Amen. The, the way that we're going to produce fruit, the way that we're going to grow spiritually in our life is to abide in Him. And this is power. I may miss this point, so I'm going to go ahead and say it while it's on my mind. He says, Not only that, if you abide in me, what does He say? I will abide in you. Whew. That's powerful. I don't think sometimes we realize just how powerful, amen, it is for us, amen, as believers today, to have the Holy Spirit, to have the Spirit of Christ, to have, amen, God dwell on the inside of our lives. What a powerful moment, amen, that is when we realize, amen, just what that really means, amen, that we are not in this alone, that you and I are not, amen, expected by God, amen, to just go around producing our own fruit by our own strength and by our own methods and by our own schemes, amen, that we don't have to depend on ourselves, that I don't have to depend on the Pope, that I don't have to depend on, on a priest, amen, that I don't have to depend on my good works, amen, but that I have to depend totally Amen. Upon Jesus Christ uh, and who He is uh, and what He has done. Uh, and when I do that, amen, things begin to change in my life. Amen. He says, I want you to abide in me. Amen. It's not enough to just be in Christ. That's powerful. That's good. That's wonderful. I hope everybody in here is in Christ this morning. If you're not, we're going to give you an opportunity to get in Christ before we leave this place today. It's, but it's not enough to just be in Christ in the sense of being saved. Amen. It's about what we do. I mean, once we are saved, uh, amen, there are, I mean, we don't do any, by the way, Paul's there, we don't do anything to earn salvation, right? It is by faith through grace. Amen. I said it backwards. It's by grace through faith. I told you I'm dyslexic sometimes. So. I mean, it's by grace through faith that we are saved, not of works lest any man should boast. We know that. We don't earn our salvation. You could do nothing to earn it. But once we are saved, if we're truly in Christ, if we're truly abiding in the vine, the true vine of Jesus Christ, there is going to be some good works that are produced out of my life. James said it this way, You show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Amen. 
there is going to be some fruit produced, amen, if we are in him and in the place, amen, that we need to be at in him. But it is not enough just to be saved. Amen. There are those, amen, as we talked about earlier, amen, it doesn't matter, amen, how many times I repeat the sinner's prayer. It doesn't matter how many times I've been baptized in water. Come on. Amen. You can go down a wet, you can go down a dry center and come up a wet center. Amen. It doesn't matter how many times I've been, amen, uh, uh, paid my tithes. It doesn't matter how many times I've walked in a church door. It doesn't matter, amen, any of those things, amen, are not going to earn my salvation with God. Amen. It is by grace uh, through faith. Amen. But there are some, amen, that even once they are saved, they think, uh, well, I'm just going to sit here. I'm saved. I'm going to do the bare minimum that I've got to do to make it to heaven. Well, I found a good spot right here. Somebody shout amen on that. <laughs> amen. I'm going to do the bare minimum. I'm just going to make it in. Well, you go ahead. <laughs> because that's not what the Word of God tells us that we should be doing. We're supposed to be, amen, fruit producers. And the Father says, if you're not, I need to get back to my spot for just a second. If you're not producing fruit in your life, He said, I'm going to take you away. We're going to get to the rest of it here in just a second. Amen. There should be some change in our lives. There should be some things that God is doing, some, some, some ways that He is altering the way that we think. He, the Bible says, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. He's going to change the way that we act, the things that we do, the places we go, the people we hang out with. Amen. The things that we allow into our minds. Amen. Through amen, to these uh, devices that we got in televisions and radios and everything else. Uh, it's going to begin to change how we feel about those things in our lives. And it's going to begin to produce some fruit, some change in our lives. Not for us just to be, amen, boastful about how much fruit I got and how spiritual I am. And I did this and I did that. And, amen, I've reached this plateau of my life. No. You know what your purpose is? Is to go and make more branches. Amen. It's to go and be disciples and make disciples and bring people into the kingdom of God. Amen. If those things are not happening in our lives, amen, I've got to ask the question, amen, is there any spiritual fruit being produced, amen, in us? Not only do we must, must we, amen, be in Christ, but we must abide in Christ. And we abide in Christ by continuing to keep our faith in His death, burial, and resurrection as the only means of salvation. That's the key. You want to know how to abide in Christ? Keep your faith in Him, what He's done for you. Amen. You're not going to be perfect. You're going to sin and fall short of the glory of God. God's going to have to prune some things out of your life every once in a while. Amen. Just like He does mine. Amen. But if you'll continue, amen, in your faith in Christ and what He has done, amen, as the only means of salvation, amen, you'll be able to continue to abide in Him. John chapter number 6, verse 56 says this. John John 50, John 6, excuse me, 56. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. Amen. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. In other words, I mean, what does that mean? When we talk about the flesh and we talk about the blood, we, we first thing we probably think of is communion, right? We think about communion service, amen, but it's really that communion service is to remind us to be a, a remembrance, a memorial of what Jesus did for us at the cross of Calvary. The Bible also says we no longer abide in Christ when we look to any other source of salvation. So Galatians 3 and 10 says this, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, 
For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. In other words, there were those in Jesus' day, amen, that were trying to live according to the Old Testament law, the old ways. Paul said, no, it's not going to work, amen. It's actually going to not only going to not be a blessing to you, but it's going to be a curse. And if we try to live by laws, whether they be man-made laws, amen, because God knows we, we make up some of those sometimes, and, and uh, Amen. Just like the Pharisees did in Jesus' day, we load people up, amen, on their shoulders, uh, amen, with, with things and with laws and with regulations, uh, amen, that we ourselves can't even do. And we won't even take one of our fingers, as Jesus said about the Pharisees, and move one of those things off of them. The curse, amen, it is going after anything that is not, amen, Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. When we try to do it any other way, it's not going to work. We will never produce spiritual fruit without being connected to the true vine. Because without Jesus, as he said, we can do nothing. We can do nothing. If you remember Paul, amen, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, amen, he's talking about a period of time here where he's going through something in his life, and he says, uh, he had, had a thorn in the flesh. Amen, a messenger of Satan that, to buffet me, he said. And he said, I asked God three times to remove that thorn in the flesh. God, take it away. Move it, God. Whatever this thing was that Paul was facing, we're not going to get into that today. This is what Jesus responded. This is what God responded to him. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, verses 9 and 10. And he, the Lord, said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I'm weak, I'm strong. What's Paul saying there? When I stop depending on myself and I start depending on Jesus, amen, it just revolutionizes my life. It changes the way that I think. It changes the way that I act. It changes the way, amen, that I live my life. Amen. We can do nothing on our own, but we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Philippians 4.13, y'all know it, one of my favorite verses, perhaps one of yours. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. I thank God for that, amen, promise this morning. I thank God, amen, that we have been, amen, uh, grafted into that vine. I thank God, amen, that we have an opportunity to abide in the vine and to let him, amen, move in our lives and to let him, amen, help us to grow and give us the strength that we need. Amen. We talked about it last week, and I'm not going to belabor the point, amen, this morning because you guys know this. It, it's, it's just this simple. What does it mean? Amen. When I start abiding in Christ, uh, amen, he says it in here. He says, uh, amen, my words are going to be in you. Uh, and when those words are in you, it's going to be, begin to produce some things in your life. Uh, you're going to ask what you will. We're going to get to this in just a second. Amen. You're going to ask whatever it is you will in prayer, and I'm going to do it for you. Amen. You're going to begin, amen, to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. What, what is he saying there? Amen. Back to the basics of Christianity. We abide in Christ by abiding in his word. We abide in Christ by consuming the bread of life. 
we abide in Christ, uh, amen, by spending time in prayer, amen, in our homes and in our churches, amen, and in our lives. Uh, we abide in Christ by worshiping Him and praising Him and glorifying Him and honoring Him. We, we abide in Christ when we're out there making more disciples for Him, amen. We abide in Christ, uh, amen, when we obey the commandments of His Word and we do what He says, uh, amen, and we live our lives in accordance with the way God would have us to do it. So what are some of the benefits? Number three, and I'm almost done. What are some of the benefits of abiding in Christ? Well, first of all, we're not like those who do not abide. Amen. We, we've read this, and I'm not going to go through it in detail again. Amen. But he says they are removed from the vine. They wither, and they are gathered and burned. Verse number six. If any man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they're burned. In other words, if we're not producing, this is hard, y'all buckle up. If we're not producing spiritual fruit for the kingdom of God, then we are being of no value to the kingdom of God. The good news is there's hope. Because the Father's saying, I'll lift you up. I'll get you off, off, up off the ground where you can start producing some stuff. I'll get you grafted back into the true vine. Hey Amen. I'll give you the nourishment, the strength that you need to be able to do those things. Hey Amen. God says, I'll begin to prune some things out of your life that don't belong there anymore. Hey Amen. So that you'll not just begin to produce fruit but you'll begin to produce more fruit. And as we're going to see here in just a second, not only more fruit, but much fruit. When we abide in Christ, and we'll look back at verse number seven. When we abide in Christ, what is the first, amen, the first benefit, amen, that we talked about here? Amen. The first benefit is this. When we abide in Christ, number one, we have our prayers answered. Verse number seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. That's pretty plain. If you're abiding in Christ and His words are abiding in you, you'll ask whatever you will and it'll be done. Well, how's that possible? Well, number one, amen, I won't ask for things that I really don't need. Because if His words are abiding in me and His Spirit is in me, amen, amen, I'm not going to ask for something, amen, out of greed, out of selfishness. But I'm going to ask for things in accordance with God's will. I'm going to pray the same way that Jesus prayed. Father, not my will, but thy will be done. And I guarantee you, I can't guarantee you many things in this life, but I can guarantee you this thing. If you'll pray and ask for God, ask God to do things in accordance with his will, he'll do it every time. Because he don't change his will. His plan and his purpose, I mean, they're settled. I mean, his promises are yes and they are amen. And when God says, when he gives you a promise in the word of God, you can stand on it. And if you'll get that word buried down inside of your heart and let it be watered and grow, amen, David said this, amen, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. If we'll get, amen, the words of God, amen, planted plant down inside of our hearts. So when we hit those moments in life and those speed bumps and those ruts, amen, and those things in life that want to, amen, take us out and take us down, you can pull that word back out of your heart, even if you don't have a book in front of you. Amen. And you can stand upon the promises of God. Amen. His promises will never fail us. We'll have our prayers answered. Amen. I want to go to 
I mean, I want to look at 1 John chapter number 5, verses 14 through 15. 1 John 5, 14 through 15, the writer says this. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Whew, what a promise right there. Amen, brother. Amen to know. Amen. If I just call out to God, amen, with us, uh, amen, I'm connected in him and he in me. Amen. I know, amen, that I have confidence this morning, amen, that God will hear our prayers. And not only that, amen, he will answer our prayers. So number one, what's the benefit of being connected or abiding in Christ? Amen. We, uh, amen, we're going to see prayers answered. Number two, amen, we're going to bring forth much fruit. Back to verse number eight. It says this, here in my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. You know this progression. If you go back and read through these eight verses, amen, it starts out with producing fruit, and then it says more fruit, and now it says much fruit. Uh, you see the progression? Even when we're fruit bearers, even when we're producing fruit, uh, it's not just good enough to stay where I am. Amen. I can produce more fruit. <laughs> And it's still not good enough, amen, where I am. Because I can take another step forward and I can now produce much fruit. And it's still not good enough where I am because there's still more and more and more and more and more that God wants to give to me and that God wants to work in and through me to give to others. Amen. So we see this, amen, that uh, we begin to produce much fruit, uh, amen, in our lives, amen, because of this connection, amen, that we have, amen, to Jesus Christ. And we produce it not only in quantity, but we also produce it in quality. The type of fruit that we produce begins to get better. I mean, my love for people gets sweeter. Hey, Amen. I'll actually start loving my enemies. Oh, man. We got, uh, we got quiet on that one, but, you know. I'll actually start forgiving people 70 times 7 a day. And I won't, the point is I won't keep count. I'm not keeping a list, book of there, well, that's 49 on you today. No. You got, oh, yeah. you got 441 more to go, brother. That's all you got. No. Amen. We'll stop keeping count because love keeps no records of wrong. I don't know about you, but I still think there's some areas in my life where I've not made it to much fruit yet. Amen. There's still some areas in my life that are dragging behind. There's some areas in my life where I need some pruning. There's some areas in my life where I need God to step in and correct me. Amen. Because I'm not producing the fruit in some areas of my life that I know I should be producing. Number three, we're almost done. Hang in there. Number three, we bring glory to God. Verse number eight says this, Herein is my Father glorified, that you bring forth much fruit. The name of God is glorified, amen, because the fruit we bear can only be the result 
of his work in our lives. Say, well, I spent so much time at the beginning telling you, you can do nothing on your own. You don't produce the fruit on your own. It is all because of him. It's all because of what he did, amen, at that cross of Calvary. It's all because, amen, that God the Father planted the true vine and that he grafted us in, amen, to that true vine and he's given us true nourishment, true strength, amen, and it's up to us, uh, amen, to allow the Heavenly Father to prune us and to bring us in, amen, to the place that he would have us to be. And when we do that and we produce fruit, it's not to bring glory to me it's not to bring glory to you it's not to bring glory to farm hill church it's not to bring glory to anybody else it brings glory amen to god you know this one matthew 5 and 16 amen let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven good works are good when they bring glory to god amen Hallelujah. Good works are good when we bring glory to God. Number four, what's another benefit of abiding in Christ? We demonstrate true discipleship. He says at the end there, verse number eight, so shall ye be my disciples. So in addition to bearing fruit, we, we show true discipleship by a few ways. I mean, I'll give you just a few examples this morning. Number one, obeying his word. John 8 and 31. John 8 and 31 says this. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. That word continue there, amen, same word, abide. Amen. We are to abide or continue, amen, in his holy word. When we do that, amen, we demonstrate that we're true disciples. Number two, amen, by showing love to others. John thirteen thirty five says this. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Amen. We could keep going this morning, but for sake of time, we're not going to do it. There are many verses in the word of God. If you continue in my word, if you continue to follow my plan, if you continue to let your light shine, if you continue to amen, show love to others, these things is, is a demonstration to us if we abide in Christ the way that we should. Amen. There's going to be some changes that come. Some of them are going to be painful. Because when God begins to bring things out of our lives, it's not easy. It's not comfortable. Amen. Tap to get on to me. I'm not going to really do it, but amen. You used to do it when you was in school. You walk by, by somebody and just pinch them right on the side. You know what I'm talking about? It don't feel good, does it? All right. Jackson, you don't do that to McKenna, do you? No? Okay. We won't go there. You don't. I won't start anything this morning. It's not fun, is it? Ow! Ooh! Ee! Hey, Amen. Every once in a while, I wouldn't mind hearing some of that from some of y'all. Hey, Amen. When I'm preaching, hey, Amen. Ow! Mm, ee! Oh! Hey, Amen. <laughs> Not because, uh, well, I'm saying because sometimes God's word, God's word does that to our lives. Pruning something means you've got to cut it off. Amen. I didn't, we didn't quite get there Wednesday night, but we're going to get there. <laughs> amen. And we got to the part, amen, right, we had, to, we had to stop there Wednesday night. He says, if your hand offends you, cut it off. If your eyes offend you, pluck them out. Now, if we all took that literally... <laughs> We'd have a bunch of handless, blind people walking around. 
Then the problem becomes, amen, now it's not just my hands or my eyes that's offending me, but it's this whole brain up here that I got. It's my mind that is offending me, and there are thoughts in my mind, amen, that are not lining up with the Word of God. Now what do I do? Amen, he wasn't being literal. He was being spiritual. If there is something in your life that is hindering your growth, if there's something in your life that is keeping you, amen, from being fully connected to the vine, if there is something in your life that's keeping you from producing much fruit out of the abundance of your heart, amen, the things that are coming out of your life, it's time, amen, to get those things out of the way. The time has come for repentance to begin at the house of God. Sometimes we're too focused on the sinner man and the sinner woman out there. We're trying to get their lives straight. Amen. And if we're not careful, I've said this before, we'll try to get sinners saved before they ever walk in the church door. If we stop... I'm going to go ahead and say it. If we stop worrying about what the center man and the center woman up the street is doing, and we stop, start focusing, uh, amen, on what I am doing uh, and what I am not doing, uh, amen, that is not lining up with the Word of God, uh, amen, that center man and that center woman that is out there, amen, will see the light of Jesus Christ in my life. They'll see the fruit that's being produced, uh, amen. They'll see the glory of God in me, uh, amen, not because of me, but because of Him. And they'll realize there's something else out there. Those people down there at that church are not crazy. Not all of them. They've got Jesus in their life. And there's something real about that man, Jesus. Jesus.